Oh, wow. Oh, wow, folks. Welcome to another episode of In the Company of Trees. My name is Tobin Mitnick, and I am a Jew who loves trees. We're back today with an interview with one of my favorite people in the entire world. His name is Casey Clapp. Casey Clapp is the co-host and co-creator of Completely Arbortrary, a podcast about trees and other related subjects. Sometimes I get the, uh, the verbiage there mixed up. Sometimes I say other subjects related of, sometimes I say and other related things. But you know what? The point is that it's called Completely Arbitrary. He co-hosts it with Alex Croson. Um, a little bit about Casey. Casey is a master arborist. That is a title and also how I refer to him colloquially. And uh, the guy knows more about trees than anybody else I've ever met in my entire life. He has an estimated six, uh, 65,000 tattoos of trees, and that's on his forearm alone. Um, he's like the most joyous leprechaun I've ever met in my entire life. Uh, if you haven't checked out Completely Arbitrary, do yourself a favor. Check out Completely Arbitrary. Um, our friendship has grown in such beautiful photosynthetic ways in the past three years. Let's see. Uh, most recently, Casey and Alex came down to co-host the Treemies, the only award show for trees in popular culture with us live. It was wonderful. What a fun experience to to host Casey and Alex at my house, have them meet my kids. Um, really beautiful people. I'm so excited to uh, to to introduce this conversation to you folks today. Also, uh, take note, this was the first conversation that I actually recorded. So um, I might sound like... <laughs> a real amateur here. And that's, that's fine. You know, this is from last month when I was just a child and I'm a professional now. Uh, nothing ever goes wrong. Um, you can hear this, this interview is pretty free flowing. We get pretty deep into it. We talk about, um, let's see, breaking up with your girlfriend for a tree. What else we talk about? Oh yeah. Uh, the substandard tree shots in the show Yellowstone. Um, of course, Casey's journey towards tree world megastardom and creating the arboreal podcast juggernaut completely arbitrary. It's the third time I've mentioned that. Um, and I just want to say that the first time I ever met Casey, he was, uh, he immediately jumped out of a moving car and shimmy hit, shimmied his way up a big cone Douglas fir in Angeles National Forest. It was alarming, but it also let me know exactly what I was getting into. And I have really enjoyed riding this roller coaster with him. Um, I know that we're going to be friends till we uh, evaporate. And um, I'm so excited. Anyway. Uh, let's do the tree prayer. Now I'm going to do the tree prayer at the end of my intro, and then I'm going to play the conversation as opposed to at the end of the episode. So let's do the tree prayer, and then you'll hear me and Casey. All right, let's do it. In the company of trees, I feel whole. In the company of trees, I feel home. With trees, I am tinglier. With trees, I am minglier. I raise my cup of water and pour it at your roots so you can drink your health all the way out through your shoots. May you grow your fill and help me to grow mine. Thank you, trees. Well, I have to guess it's... what kind of garment is making the swoosh sound. None of them are garments. All of them are blankets. Um, hmm. Kind of like most of our infant blankets that we were using in those like early days. I see, yeah. When, you know, that kind of thing. Gotcha. Um, yeah, so... Okay, so I mean, we're recording, and here's the thing, Casey. Uh, I plan on doing a whole lot more research, not about you, but about oh. other people. Okay. When I, yeah, I know because we're friends, and I, I wrote down a bunch of ridiculous questions because I don't really know how to conduct a conversation or an interview. Uh, me. Um, and I'm gonna write. I'm gonna read you some of the ridiculous questions that I wrote down. 
which I'm not going to ask you in earnest because they would require me to put on some sort of like persona. <laughs> okay. And and I'm like, well, really? you know what? I'm going to leave the personas behind for this podcast because I don't really think people want that, do they? I, You know what? I don't know. I, I don't think so. But I think the uh, what I've been told is that you are the persona. So you don't need to put something on. You just need to, to be yourself. But also keep in mind, sometimes, you know, people want the best part of you. Wow. Carl Jung over here. Does that make any sense? Absolutely. Carl Jung is the successor. Just... Oh, really? Dialectic? Yeah. You want to talk about it a little bit? Mm. Thesis. No, I, haven't, I haven't like really gone into this synthesis. Well, don't because it's almost impenetrable. Impenetrable. Whoops. Did, did you see that? I, one did, I did. I saw that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So That's just so you know, um, I'm recording from a closet and uh, various uh, infant blankets are falling around, uh, falling down around me. I wanted to make it metaphorical. I think. Yeah, I think um, this is. <laughs> is that like the uh, almost a coming of age kind of thing? The blankets fall away. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's I, I'm a fetus. I'm a fetus in this closet. <laughs> yeah. I'm a chrysalis. Yeah, I and, believe that makes a closet a womb. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a a wombless. Mm -hmm. uh, 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 Chris, uh, I'm not going to do this anyway. Anyway, these are the questions okay. that I was going to ask you because I thought I was going to be like cheeky and make this some sort of like environmental like comedy podcast. But I know people are just going to be like, this is stupid. Well, um, no, they're probably going to say that anyway. <laughs> but I hope but, they also think, hey, he's kind of an environmental comedy podcast. Well, uh, I hope that I hope that point gets across. Yeah, I hope um, you don't mind. I'm also I'm eating a a pear. I'd rather you eat them. Okay. Ooh, what kind of pear? Do you know? Uh, uh, it's red. That's all I know. Oh, it's a red pear. It's red. It's like a it's 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 a very beautiful pinkish kind of red. Oh my god! Don't Is that worry. a variegated I, pear? No, it's. I don't think it's variegated. I got it from a a my CSA share. The you can also sign up for a share of fruit from a local fruit orchard. And oh, so that's cool. I did that, and uh, I get it every two weeks. But I don't know what it is. They don't tell uh, me. They just say, "How nice fruit. is it?" Exactly. How nice is it when somebody uh, makes a decision for you in terms of like from all of the infinite things that you can choose, and then you can just enjoy it without actually making the decision. It's great. It's great. It and potentially feel, feel guilty like about making a bad decision. Yes, right. Oh, you just have to trust that whatever is coming into mm -hmm. this bag, I'm going to eat, and it's going to be delicious. The womb with Tobin Mitnick. <laughs> That's going to be great. Okay, so here are the uh, questions that I was going to ask you. Okay. Um, you can answer them if you want to. Um, but once again, I need to emphasize they're bullshit questions. Nah. Um, and they're, it's a terrible idea to ask them in the first place. Right, Here's the first question. I'm ready. Great. Has a tree ever competed with a woman for your affections? Ooh, that is a good question. Uh, so are you, are you going to ask them all right in a row or ask yeah, me I don't give a talk shit. about it? I don't know, Casey. This is like I said. This is what I was going to do. I was going to spice in these ridiculous these ridiculous questions into okay. the conversation when things kind of lulled to like get us back on track to having fun. Honestly, or something. I'm a little offended that you think there would be a lull in this whatsoever. Plus, that's, <laughs> that's a good point. That's, that's a good point. We know each other by now, and we're we have such naturally cokey energy. Right. You just you just let it go. You just tap that, into the veins. Yeah. Talk to my two year old about right. let it go when she knows how to do that. <laughs> Oh my god! Anyway, but yeah, let's Summertime, get back to the question. Sam, doesn't matter. All right, let me think. Is there a tree that mm, that's has competed competed for my with affections? A with a woman. Woman for your affections? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to. Okay, so this is a, it's a very good question. I okay. I don't know if I can answer this in a way that is like, oh yes, here's a situation. I was walking down the street 
And you know that meme where the guy like is looking behind him with like this. Yeah, meme sure. The, look. the famous meme. Yeah. The famous meme. Now, it just as a quick side note, is that a stage photo or did someone actually catch that? I'm pretty sure that's a staged like stock photo. I- it's absolutely a stage stock photo. Okay. I know that because um, this one stage stock photo of me went around and it served several different purposes in the early uh, uh, teens. That's in, so good. In 2012, I took this stock uh, picture with um, another great actor. Her name was Charlie. And it consisted of me in kind of like a dipshitty, um, like Argyle tie. You know uh-huh. how those were really big in the early in like 2011, 2012, oh, like yeah, post Mad Men style craziness. I think I have a few of those. Yeah, sure. I mean, I have them too. Whatever. It's We're good. idiots. It's still look good. Yeah. They, I mean, they can also look okay sometimes. <laughs> um, anyway, it's me standing in a suit with like a pocket square mm-hmm. on my phone with a really shit eating grin. And I don't have to try hard to get a good shit eating grin. <laughs> it on my just face. comes it's, naturally. Yeah. I, you know, it's one of my gifts. And her standing beside me, like, each of us in our separate zones, her looking at her phone and mm-hmm. kind of like being slightly offended, making a slightly offended face. Gotcha. So this picture, um, I went, I got 125 bucks for the stock photo session. It was done. We were like, bye bye, bye bye. Then like six months later, this picture shows up as the like main picture for a Cosmo article what? Um, in Cosmopolitan magazine, which was entitled um, something like Our Male Bosses. Um, like, should we stomach the shittiness of male bosses? The answer is is obviously no. But in I guess in 2013, um, I was the face of shittiness of of young male bosses for a little while. Oh in my! Co- to Cosmo God. readers, that and then, is that's a bad place to be. Oh wait, just wait, just wait. Then six months later, it shows up again in the New York Post above an article titled "What's Happening to Young Conservatives." Oh, oh no! Uh, years. I was like, "What?" <laughs> That's Stop. how do you get from one of those to the other? I don't know. Wow! But um, the shit-eating grin served two diverging purposes. Yeah. Oh man, I mm-hmm. really. I just tried to Google my best. Are male bosses worth it? Cosmo, twenty thirteen. Haven't found it. I'll find it for you. All I'll right. find it for you at some point. I appreciate yeah. that. Uh, anyway, anyway, so to the, the woman in the tree. I I don't think there's been a situation. Oh no! I lost I've, you for a second. Oh, am I back? Oh, you're back. Yeah. So the sorry. woman in the tree, the woman in the tree. I cannot think of a good example where I have been that person where I've looked and been like, oh, my God, look at that tree. While mm-hmm. a uh, uh, like while there's a woman next to me being like, look at me. I, I don't mm-hmm. know if I've quite done that, but there has been an instance that I, I let's see. I, I mean, there's plenty of times where someone's been like, hey, do you want to like go out and do something? And that could have mm-hmm, led mm-hmm. towards some kind of rendezvous. And instead, I was like, nah, sorry, I got to go. I got to go do this other thing. I think it happened this last week. I just returned no texts or phone calls. It happened this last week. So this question is not only ridiculous, but timely. I think so. Yeah. 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 Where I well, so mainly I'm writing a a tree identification book or I'm, let's say. Yes, I know. I'm really excited. I'm preparing for it. And you heard it here first. You Wait, heard did it you talk about it? On, <laughs> did like, you talk about it on completely arbitrary already? Uh, yeah, I think so. We did in a uh, in a small um, in a small way. Like I haven't really dived into it or delved, whichever term you want to use. Uh, but so it's I, I've, I've sprinkled it in. I've been like, yeah, I'm going to do this. I think I'm going to do this, and now Great. I'm full like, oh, I'm doing this. Hell yeah, excellent. But the uh, so I I am trying to get a publisher. Uh, that's a maybe still. So I was like, I'm Great. gonna prepare as if it's a hundred percent yes, and then it, ended it up. It will be. 
I'm hoping so. I spent two weeks just including this last week today. Well, inevitably be the end of it. And mm-hmm. I've just been out looking at trees and collecting samples and identifying things till like four in the morning. And till four in the morning. Okay, How's was, your eyesight at four in the morning? It was only three. It was. I'm. I don't know why I said four. Uh, 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 I'm sorry. Uh, 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 this is a comedy podcast. <laughs> gotcha. Now that's yeah. timing. Now thirty minutes of tree puns. Yes, yeah, we need some oh. laugh track. Yeah, dog. From every era of, right. of sitcom Thank history. You. Appreciate that. So we ended up. Uh, so I, there's a um, person that I met with some friends on like two Fridays ago from today, mm. and mm-hmm. she messaged me, and I just. I just forgot to message back. I was focused on everything like I do this entire last week. I looked and I was like, oh, that person messaged. Great. And I put my phone down and then I keep trying to identify trees. And then it's two in the morning and I'm like, oh, okay, I'll get back to them tomorrow. And then tomorrow I get up and I'm like, God, I got to go collect trees. And then I get up and I do that again and I just don't reply. And so then I ended up seeing her the next Friday when we all kind of went out with some other people and she I was like, oh, you're here. You're not like in this this group of friends that I was expecting to combine today. And here we are. Hey, I'm sorry I didn't get back to you. And then because uh, a tree competed for your affection. Yeah, exactly. Wow. There's one other fun story. I was uh, dating a woman and we had lived together for the summertime. And Mm -hmm. we were beautiful season. It was beautiful. It was was one of my favorite summers I've ever had. And we uh, what summer was this? Do you remember what year? Oh, yeah, twenty uh, summer of twenty twelve. No, twenty eleven. Oh, you were you were a young man. Yes, I was a young man. It was just before my my first graduation from a university. Oh, that's great. You were so young and stupid. I love young and so stupid. So long, yeah, going. very young, very stupid. I should have done it. Uh, like, we, I, that whole relationship, I probably should have done a little bit differently. However, <gasps> that's okay. What we, what we would through. you have done differently? No, before um, you tell the story. Well, so I, initially I broke up because it was my, we were going to be doing long distance. She was going to be going back mm-hmm. to the East Coast and I was staying on the mm-hmm. West Coast to graduate. And yep. unfortunately, I was like, if this doesn't work out, I don't want to, to have done a long distance relationship across the United States for my last mm-hmm. year at university in just like with all my friends doing Frisbee stuff. Like it was, I basically was like, I don't want I to understand. Yeah. Sure, when you're doing frisbee stuff, man. Yeah. And we'd only been dating wow. like eight eight months, maybe, maybe about that. Okay. And I need to say, right. frisbee stuff is extraordinarily interesting. And in you've a tried lot to you've fun. tried to sell me on frisbee stuff for the past two and a half years, and um, sometimes I I'll I'll like mention a frisbee term, so you go off for half an hour, and I can laugh and laugh and laugh. <laughs> well, I'm not going to go off for half an hour. I'm going to end it there, saying, "Okay, fine." My hobby is valid. Thank you. Great. Great. Well, we're on a triple tangent now. Okay, so anyway. um, you made the decision not to continue a relationship because you wanted to while out on your senior in your senior year of college exactly. on the West Coast a little bit, right? Right. Okay. That's 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 yeah. essentially it, for better or for worse. Cool. So I, I think you I think you lost basically like seventy five percent of listeners at this point. But I know, going. right? Sorry, guys. I'm, I apologize. I'll I'll wrap it up by yeah. saying right before we like we had the conversation, uh, I had to get up really early all the time that summer, so I was like falling hmm. asleep while we were in bed chatting and i fell asleep like kind of half dreamed half like awake and so she she was we're having this conversation it wasn't were you were you doing opiates at the time because it sounds like you were doing opiates. i was doing no like opium in fact i think i was 100 sober this entire time you didn't have an opium phase in in college because your man bun is telling me that not that i know of yeah does it it's a little intense right now no it's fantastic i love it a little bit of a a mushroom cloud almost yeah no 
feels a little. You know that sooner. mushroom clouds. Mushroom clouds look exactly like trees, and it's one of the reasons I find trees and mushroom clouds equally appealing. Interesting. Because of their, uh, yeah, their synchronicity. Huh. No. Creation I, destruction. We'll I guess talk about I do it. kind of see that. Yeah. I mean, it's the perfect. Uh, it's the perfect form, isn't it? Everything has decided this. Everything has decided this. It's true. Mushrooms. Yeah, mushrooms. It's almost it. like crabs underwater. It's also the perfect form. So everything becomes a crab. Oh, yes, that's right. The con- the convergent tendency towards crabbing. Exactly. What is it? It's called yeah. a like cancerification some- or something like that. Was it a radio lab story? I, I forget. think so. Probably. Something they, like they've that. done it all. They've done it all. It's kind of like yeah. they're they're almost like the Simpsons of uh, science podcasting. Oh, and where that does that make okay, so then completely arbitrary is the South Park. Um because oh. you guys use the F word so much. <laughs> I was gonna say we're we're certainly newer than that, but I guess yeah, I'll, I'll take I'll take the South Park. That sounds good. Well, because South Park had a couple of South Park had a famous episode where they were just like it was like Simpsons did it, Simpsons did it. Whenever yeah. somebody would try to make a joke, right? Exactly, they were just so that would okay. So that would make in the company of trees um, some show that comments on South Park, like um, we're we're basically kind of like the seventh grade lunch table of podcasts. <laughs> All right, hey, you know what? You got to start somewhere. That's where that's where everyone starts. <laughs> uh, that's where I started. That's where I've stayed my whole life. Anyway, okay, it was the morning. Anyway, in the in the beautiful summer of your of your life. Yes, it was actually in the evening. With your love. I was about to fall asleep, and Oops. and the only way that we got in in trouble or I got in trouble because I I was falling asleep while we we're having this conversation. But it's kind of like the lights are off. Everyone's like just sitting there, and someone asks the other person a question, and I don't mm. even remember what the question was. But she res- I responded saying, "Oh no no no, the Western Larch is a great choice." And mm-hmm. or not the Western, Western Juniper. And she was like, what'd you just say? And I jolted awake because I realized- I don't happened. find anything odd about this. It, well, it this wouldn't is... be, except for the question was something like, should we stay together? Or like, are we like, what's going on? Like, it was an important conversation that I fell asleep for and yeah. answered with the truth and then, thing. Oh, wow. So yeah. you gave yourself away. Exactly. And then, uh, and then she was like, okay. And then after that, we broke up. And that's, that's wow. the end of the story. We moved on. That's incredible. Um, so, I can't say she made now. the wrong choice when you would say something like that. Yeah, you um, know what? I can't. I can't a, in a serious moment. Luckily, we are if still my, uh, friends, so it didn't work out. Oh, oh my gosh! Yeah. Whenever I hear about that, I am simply stunned. Right? Me too. Well, for the most he, part, I guess those two are are friends. Two two ex partners. People spending time together after being being partners is is simply wild to me. It seems um, very challenging. It is in most cases, I think. Yeah, I mean, props to you. You're two remarkably rem- mature people. Thank you. Um, I will tell her if I ever see her. I'm trying to think what would happen if I ever said to my, if my wife and I were say having a fight, and we the fights we have these days are like kind of, um, you have so many decisions to make when you're mm. when you have two little kids. Uh-huh. It's just like a, a decision a second. Um, and of course that creates opportunities for friction yeah. every, every second. And it's a lot of the fights, it's a lot of friction. So it rarely kind of blows up into anything cause you're just, you don't have time to fight. Uh-huh. Um, but when it does, I'm trying to think if she would say something like, um, you know, uh, I think we should take, uh, Lucy to ballet like 15 minutes early today or something like that. And I'd be like, no, that, that conflicts with like that or something like that. Yeah. Um, and Amanda would say something like um well you know if we don't get her there a little bit early we won't have time to like change her into our into our tutu and stuff like that um uh and i said something like yeah but don't you know that the tallest coast redwood in the wild is 379 feet hyperion and it's also illegal to find and there's a ten thousand dollar um uh penalty if if any forest ranger finds you for it 
she might kick me out of the house for a week. <laughs> I think she would, yeah. So luckily the stakes for what I did were way lower. Yeah, yeah. I, I should know. have like a green light on... Amanda should have like a... <laughs> should have like some sort of warning system for me. Like a red light, yellow light, green light. If I'm inserting too much about trees in a normal conversation. Yeah, If definitely. she just can't stand it anymore, it's just immediately turns red. Uh-huh. It's like you need you need to stop. Bring it back down to earth here and just talk right. about TV for a second. That's all we need. Oh, my God. You know what we're watching right now? Because I, I I never thought I would watch this show. Okay. All right. Because I, this is, is I, sorry, continue. Well, I know you don't consume any culture at all. I very, I, I try um, not to. Culture is my least favorite thing. Well, you like music a lot. True. Yes. Um, sure. And I listen to basically no music. So I rely on people mm-hmm. like you and people like my friend Jeff to like give me good songs. I see. Okay. Right? Because I, I don't have the energy to go out and find it. Um, but yeah, what's this show? We're, we're watching um, Yellowstone. Oh. And the reason that we're watching Yellowstone is Yellowstone is. It's it's hard to watch Yellowstone and not be like this is a this is an abomination on like so many levels, <laughs> and also be like this is an awesome achievement on so many levels. Like it's a really? it is a it is a it's a confounding show in that respect. Okay, but the reason I like to watch it kind of scene to scene is it's always a competition about whether the actors can kind of beat the broad and very very frequently. Uh, substandard writing and mm-hmm. the actors are so good like kevin costner will just destroy any like holes in writing that you can find him and sometimes yeah. they don't um but that kind of contest element to it i've never makes thought me keep about watching it i've never thought about that before like a but it would the actor versus the script oh it's it's such an actory thing to say because like i think about that kind of stuff like um oh, you got to win the scene how do you win the scene tobin <laughs> I think that is, I think that's a very fair. You have your craft. I was thinking about acting just the other day and I was like, man, that craft really does take your emotions out of you anyway. And then I kept looking (laughs) at trees. It takes your emotions out of you. Well, I know. What's nice is that I can keep looking at trees these days too. Yeah. The back of it's coming down over here. I just, I just saw another flash. This is honestly, it's like lightning a little bit where you don't know where to look, but then it happens and you look over and like, oh, there was. And it's just lightning in a closet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, for sure. Um, but th- one of the reasons that I think this show would drive you absolutely out of your gourd yeah. is that um, they have a favorite shot of the ranch mm-hmm. that they show quite often. And it's the side of a mountain. And they say it's shot in Mon. I mean, they say it takes place in Montana, right? Yeah. Montana uh, Yellowstone Ranch say, is where, where they where right? it would be. Except isn't, I guess, Yellowstone, the national park is mostly in Wyoming. Yeah, a corner of Wyoming. Yeah. Okay. Um, but they shoot it mostly in Utah. So oh. there are some occasional divergences about like the preponderance of particular trees that would drive you insane. But this one yeah. shot is of the side of a mountain um, where you can't quite tell what kind of pine it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I suppose it's Ponderosa. And then there are three, um, there are three aspen trees yeah. that are always yellow no matter what season they're in. And you can just tell that they like block shot all of these like outside shots. Yeah. Like, all right. Together. Now we got it. Ugh, no. And, and, and then they'll do, um they'll do like flyover shots and you can tell that they were actually shot in Montana because it is a lot of Ponderosa. <laughs> and then they'll get up close 
and it'll be like blue spruce and Engelman spruce <laughs> and Aspen. And I'm like, oh man, wait, in case you would lose it. They are not in know. the same place. This yeah. is, those are, those are the things that just drive me. They, I guess yep. they drive me crazy, but also like I've been able to just turn it down. I've been able to like, oh, well, if you know what yeah. you're looking at, you hate it. It's very tough. Yeah. My favorite one is, um, I made a little video about this when I still made videos, when I still had the energy to do that, like a year and a half ago. Now I have conversations so that I'm like, oh, just be creative in the moment. Excellent. And you know what that adds up to? Yeah, you go. Talking about Yellowstone. Stop <laughs> <laughs> being creative in the moment. Good for us. Oh, God. Um, my favorite example of it is um, in Pride and Prejudice, mm-hmm. which I adore. I adore the 2005 version of it, the Joe Wright one with Keira Knightley. Yeah. Um, I think it's beautiful. There is a shot of Kira Knightley reclining on the side of a uh, Sequoia Dendron Gigantium mm-hmm. in England in 1815, roughly. Oh. And I'm like, no, 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 that's no. That's English. That wouldn't have been there. That's hard to, that's hard to figure out. Like, you, you wouldn't guess no. it until, unless you exactly knew. But also, you wouldn't put it together. I think some people are so used to seeing X tree somewhere. That when they see mm-hmm. it, they're like, oh, yeah, there's that tree. Look at that. And then they forget yeah. the temporal difference, you know? Yeah. And it's like that that tree has had like a really great second life in England. It grows, grows really well there. Sure, yeah. Um, in Britain. But those seeds were not like passed over the Atlantic until like 1850. I was going to say, even 1840, if it had been, it would be a tiny tree at that point. Exactly. A oh, no. Tree. No, it's it's like big enough. And, and you know, I, I mean, the you know, those trees can be like. 20 years old and be like five feet in diameter already yeah um i don't know what to do with this one right here i'm gonna oh i'm gonna tape them up with this hack it life hack oh opportunities for life hacks my other podcast make sure you listen oh yeah this is you're you're really taking it are you are you getting more light or did the camera just move um i'm dancing oh yeah you are you're looking good thanks are you dancing Um, I'm not a backwards dancer like you, but ah, uh, yeah, this, this is fair. Very, I think almost no one has ever commented on that. You're the second person, I think. I, I no. Well, I've done it twice, so maybe I was just the first person. You might have been the, the first, first time, and the second the person, second. the second time. No, I think there's. I think one other person that I didn't know made a comment on the internet, and I commented back saying, "You're the only person to ever make that comment." Thank you. So, yeah, that was me. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Tobin. I appreciate it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so the, the first question I wanted to ask you is, have a tree ever competed with a woman for your affections? Apparently that answer is yes, yep. um, manifold yes, times. Yes, in, in also in, in probably so many ways that I just can't even, can't even say. Yeah. Um, can we talk a little bit about um, some of your, I hate to do this because we know each other so well and I think we're having a much better time just rapping, rapping about BS. That's right. Um, but... I want to, can you tell me a little bit about your journey? Because I feel like this is a rare opportunity for me to interview you like Ali Ward style a little bit. Ooh, yeah, I can do that. I can definitely talk and about can my you journey. Talk, talk about your journey. Give me the, give me the like bullet points, please, Case. Go on. Yeah, you got it. So my journey started uh, as a, as a young kid. Obviously they do. I liked trees a lot, but I yeah. didn't really get, did not like have some crazy adoration for them. Every kid likes to hang out in the forest and trees, but I ended up um, in high school. I built a pond in my mom's backyard, and I oh was yes, like, right, I, yeah. I, this is like my classic story, and 
after that, I went into like uh, into I guess it's during high school, and they make you do an aptitude test. And one of the things that came back positive for me was landscape architecture. And I was like, ah, sweet. Oh, I'm just mm. going to be a landscape architect. Done. Easy. Just like oh. that. Then uh, ended up getting into UVO, University of Oregon for, unfortunately, not for landscape architecture. I could just what? take- You should call limbs. it Wovo. Why don't they just call it Wovo? Wovo? Like in, um, isn't that Italian for egg? Wovo? I don't know. I'm not sure. Keep going with your story. Anyway, Keep going that's with a really good question. We should yeah, call Wovo. it Wovo. But then they it. should just be like the duck ov- uh, duck Wovo because they're, they're okay. ducks. Okay, don't let me pull you down anyway. into my realm of conversation. Keep going. <laughs> so I ended up taking this, uh, the, a couple courses on how to be a landscape architect. I hated mm-hmm. them. I didn't hate them. They just were not that interesting to me. Mm-hmm. And uh, then at the same time, at the end of that year, I took a, one of their elective courses called Trees Across Oregon by this guy Ooh. named Whitey Lewick. And he taught me and the rest of the class, how to identify trees and the natural history of trees across Oregon. So mm, that rules. It was so, so mind blowing because A, yeah, it it's was like, like five disciplines in one. Yeah. It's great. He was just like, yeah, let's just go outside and here is what a tree is. Here's how they grow. So it was kind of like introduction to trees, but focused on mm. those you find in Oregon. And they, we did a, a bunch of walks around campuses around the campus and then other places i think there was one like full saturday field trip that he took us on and mm-hmm. showed us like these things that now are so obvious to me but at the time and for most everybody else in the world they probably have no clue about which is like the transition from the west side forest to the east side forest where you have like mm-hmm. dense kind of rainforest trees to really not dense ponderosa pine and no snow mm-hmm. And it was really fascinating and then sent me down this path of, I need to learn more about trees. So then I ended up switching over to theater as a, uh, as a major. Uh, it was a delight uh, for two years. Let's pause here. Please. Let's pause here. Let's pause here. Best what are some of your favorite works? I've ever been. Um, oh, wow. I'd, uh, I'd debate that. Well, there certainly were parties. At least my um, parties. <laughs> the, the, my, my parties were, set up. were fun. Um, my parties were fun. Anyway. What are some of your favorite works? I want to I want to talk about uh, uh, Casey as a dramatist persona for ooh, just a second. All right. So, what are some of your favorite plays? One of my favorite. Well, honestly, I kind of mm-hmm. lost track of plays uh, towards the towards the end because I I hyper focused on trees. Mm, Too much. Yeah, fuck you. What are some of your favorite plays? Exactly. So my uh, in high school we did a bunch of scenes because uh, I did theater all through high school. So oh, each yeah. semester. Uh, you had to do at least one scene, either. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it was always with a partner. But mm-hmm. um, for the senior, for our senior year and the year before, I don't know. For our senior year, uh, me and a bunch of other people who'd been in there for four years, they ended up making it kind of into a showcase for our last semester. And we did, uh, me and my friend, I think it was The Dumbwaiter is the scene that we did. Yes, do, by uh, Harold Pinter. Yeah. Yes, of course. Such yeah, of a course. Fun, fun play. And our uh, we had our characters set out and then mm-hmm. my theater teacher who just so sadly passed away like two years oh. after i graduated oh that's awful yeah he had a, a cancer came back um gosh and he basically said no 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 you guys switch and so i became the serious character and my friend became the mm-hmm. kind of dumb character which was mm-hmm. not what we had initially done and it was just so much fun because i was like oh i can do something that's not this kind of stock yeah you know, yeah comedy kind of character uh, Do you think that your teacher did that to to get more at what he he perceived your essences to be? Like, 
if mm. you cast yourself as a big comedic character and the other character was more serious, do you say, actually, I think Casey has a lot more in the serious department, so I think they should switch roles? Or do you think he was kind of trying to like test you and push you and, and stretch you a little bit? I think it would be the second. I think he's more trying to say, you guys do this. We know who you are like in terms of your personalities. And mm-hmm. so these seem like natural fits. So push yourself and flip that script. And uh, so open, like, open your eyes a little bit. Yeah, exactly. And a plus human being. He, oh, absolutely. He was like 100% theater in high school is the place where everyone who didn't feel like they were comfortable or had a spot, everyone went to him and found, yeah. found a place that they were welcomed. They called the, the rest of the school, the factory. So everyone would be like, oh, we got to yeah. head to the factory and take math. <laughs> it was great. It is the factory. Yeah, it really, it really was. But he probably one of the more influential people. Uh, in my life, as well as all the other friends that I had who were still in that kind of theater theater realm throughout high school. None of them do it now, but they all had that singular kind of thing that we we really bonded for over. That's so great. Right. Bonded um, for. There's what another one. Life, that, if not to bond for. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> what, what else is it? It's nothing. <laughs> um, the other play, there was another one, uh, one act that we did. Um, Oh man, now I can't remember the name. I had it just a second ago. Uh, but it's, describe it. Yeah. It's these two guys on a bench. This one guy sits on a bench in, in Central mm. Park, and then another guy who is crazy comes over and uh, starts to talk to him. And the guy's like trying oh. to ignore him for a long time, and then this crazy yeah. guy just continues to just press until they have this conversation. And then at the end of it, the not crazy guy stabs and kills the crazy guy because the crazy mm. guy kind of drives him to this point. Yeah. Wow. I can't remember the name of it. I wish I, I wish I could, but wow. it, it was, uh, one of those where you're like, Oh, I, I don't know either. Oh shit. Yeah. But it's like a really hard transition to make. And I remember we tried to do it and to this day. I'm like, I don't think we did that very well. Oh, it was a lot of yeah. fun. To do. Oh no. Well, yeah, I have like several of those, like, Oh man, if I could only go back to yeah. when I was 21 and nail that Astrov scene more. and uncle Vanya, cause <laughs> it's mostly about like trying to like go back and do what I perceived my like theater professors to be right. Cause yeah. sometimes they would like freak out about how, how much somebody nailed some scene and be like, Oh, that was it. That was it. Yeah. You know, as if there was uh, implying that there was a correct way to scene. Precisely. Yeah. There's n- and everything else is wrong. Never is. It's just what works. Just right. What's effective. Yeah. Right. Yeah. My, I have, oh man, Tusenbach, Tusenbach in, uh, in Four Sisters is that way. Mm. So Four Sisters and Three Sisters. Yeah, I was going to say, Three Sisters is the one that I know of. <laughs> I three Sisters. We never did Three Sisters, but um, I, I, also, I also never read it. But the, uh, one thing <sighs> I learned about it is that, and correct me if I'm wrong, the Three Sisters, the whole play are just talking about going to Moscow, but they never actually yeah. go to Moscow. They never go. Mm-hmm. I, I yeah. use that, and I wish I could like have that be more part of the Zeitgeist of humanity so that I can always make reference to it because I'm like, yeah, you know what you sound like? You sound like three sisters. You just keep talking about doing something and you never do it. And I, yeah. I bring it up mm-hmm. all the time and then I have to explain what I mean by this, which is, which yeah. makes it a pointless reference if you have to explain it the whole time. Yeah. But, but it's, 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 it's like an amazing kind of, you know, from the beginning that they're never going to go to Moscow. Moscow. It's like, I think Chekhov, that's one of the plays that he labeled a, drama as opposed to a comedy most Mm -hmm. of the other ones are like have jokes in them so he's like oh yeah it's a comedy the seagull the main character might take his own life at the end of the play but it's it's still a comedy and you're like okay he he overcomes (laughs) yeah overcomes something yeah um but you should really read three sisters because you know 
I mean, all of Chekhov has like such amazing ecological and tree writing. Yeah, like, I've heard about this and I just have not. I just failed to do it horribly. There is this monologue that Tusenbach, who's just this kind of, you know, I think he's, I always forget the details of these characters, but I think that he's born into wealth and then he has a guilt complex about being born into wealth. So he's always trying to think about ways to like work and make life worth it and find value in it. And he's in love with um, Irina. Is he in love with Marina? Irina? Anyway, whatever. And at the end of the play, he's about to go fight a duel um, because somebody's like insulted him really. Um, and he's like caught in this moment and he has like this moment of enlightenment when he's like sitting amongst the trees and the lines are like, um, how, how beautiful, how beautiful trees are. The life around them should be that beautiful. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm looking at all these maples and firs and beaches and they all seem to be looking at me and waiting for something. Like he's literally, he literally personifies, he anthropomorphizes the trees into this audience that's like rooting for him to make this one moment in his life meaningful. Ugh, and then he goes off and he, and he loses the duel and he dies. Well, that's amazing though. Like what? A it's moment. amazing. I gotta, I, you're amazing. right. I gotta read that. That sounds great. I had no and it's idea. like, and then it's like the classic thing where it's undercut at the end of this moment of enlightenment, in, enlightenment by some casual comment that is like completely pedestrian and mundane. Um, like you do, he's like, yeah, the trees are how, how beautiful life should be about them. Uh, uh, by the way, uh, papers are on my desk. Uh, okay, I'll, <laughs> all right, I, well, I, okay, I'll see you later. Um, finishes the text real fast at the end of that. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> Under undercut, yeah. love that. Or else it wouldn't be real. You know, it's like, right. That's what we do. We're so nervous when we express something authentic. Yeah. Sometimes. And then we have to be like, oh, oh no. anyway, also, <laughs> I'm, just, oh, I'm cool, bro. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just fucking shitting you. What are you talking about? <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, you got to gotta get your hands on that right, one. I'm gonna and then it. on the, the Astrov monologues in Uncle Vanya are also just like super ahead of their time and amazing. All right. Logical masterpieces. Well, I'll have to pick it up because this I have a whole like shelf over here of poems and kind of more philosophical things and includes that includes the Yale Shakespeare, the complete works. Ooh. And I have yet <gasps> to I have yet to open it up. I mean I actually have, I have the it. Yale. I just haven't sat down and read. Is the Yale Shakespeare the one with the picture on the front of um there's like a boat? Is there a, a boat on there? Goddamn good question. Hmm. Yeah, grab that big, grab that big tome, baby. It is. Well, it's not a boat, but it's, yeah, it looks like Latin verse. Yeah. Yeah, show it, show it. Yes, that's It looks it. like a it's, boat, though. It does look like a boat. I'm trying to remember which one I had. I might have had the Norton, which is like the heavy hitter. Oh, yeah, this one's a crazy one. Huge. Well, the Did other- Did I ever tell you my, uh, oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say the-, the You're the, the other... guest. Thank you. Oh, my God. Make You're the guest. The other, uh, the other play that I very much enjoy uh, is- uh, written by an author here. It's called uh, William Shakespeare's The Empire Striketh Back. And he's got Go three uh, three of these. The other one is William Shakespeare's Star Wars, Verily A New Hope. And it's an artist uh, here in Portland who actually also made it on to Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me one time, only to have them be like, oh, you're from Portland. What a weird place. What do you do? And he's like, well, I write like, Star Wars fan fiction. He's like, all you have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I just, Portland's wonderful. They could not stop laughing, but it's so good. Like, 
it's everything is done in he rewrites the entire movies all in very script like Shakespearean ways. So the book, I'm looking at the book and the cover of the book. It's like a faded red with with sun splotches on it. (laughs) Yeah, It looks like it's ages old. Simply wild. Yeah, he he makes uh, uh, the character R2-D2 into this like wise, everything you know about R2-D2. But he has him Nothing. verbally beep and squeak and make these sounds. And then he always has like asides and soliloquies where he talks to the yes. audience and he's just like, what a fool this golden man is. I'm trying mm. to lead the resistance to the empire. And it's just like, ah, it's that. so, so brilliant. I cannot recommend this enough. So Star Wars part the fifth is what this oh, one is. <laughs> This guy's this guy rules. Yeah, it does. I loved Portland when I went there. You, oh my I God. was happy here. Uh, Dosher is the is the the author, by the way. Dosher. Okay, let's give him good credit. Dosher, excellent. Is he just go by one name like Zendaya? No, I guess I could open the book and find out. But as you know, okay. I only have one hand. I'm going to try. This is uh, Dosher's d- not too d- common. D- 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 hold on, hold on. This this Ian Dosher is his name. Cool. That's a Portland name if I've ever heard one. Ian Dosher. Yeah, isn't it? I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Portland rules. I was like, this is a beautiful, this is a wet place where the sun shines through the raindrops and sure people, is. people recognize me. I was like, oh, I like when people recognize yeah, me. That's Nobody right. ever recognizes me in LA or anywhere <laughs> else. I was like, I love Portland. Thanks. I love it. Everyone just yells at me. I was stunned. You like, said in the airport, right? You came down yelled. and people were like, eh, tree guy, what's up? In the, no, in the, um, in the little shop that we were in oh, and getting sandwiches. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was so neat. I love that. Um, it just makes me so happy. Yes. It, 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 you would have to speak loudly at them. Uh, you would, yes. Because that's your main medium. Uh, precisely. And I've had many people actually as recent as a coffee shop yesterday. And they're like, do you, uh, do you happen to run a podcast? And I'm like, well, yes. Hold on. <laughs> yes, I do. No, you do. And your voice sounded exactly the same. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You spent five minutes warming up doing your. Mm, watermelon, watermelon, and then at the end, at the end, it's just no it's payoff. pure gold. Everyone's like, what? "Did you hear him?" Sure, I'd listen to him talk about anything. One of my favorite things is uh, I love I love imitating people. I'm very fond of, mm-hmm. and so uh, that's kind of how I how I express my fondness for people. It might be my love language. Oh, um, yeah, and so. Like I had this friend Dave in college and he just always talked like this and he, he kind of just like, Hey, he, his anxiety was contained and like his, his breaths between each, each, like a new idea that he had. Um, and he was so excited to get him out and you know, he's just my friend and I, yeah. I loved imitating him and I really like, you know, imitating you. I don't, I'm going to sound like crap not right no, next yeah, to you, but I like love this. if I was not near you, yeah, you don't need to I'd do be it able now. to do a pretty good Casey. <laughs> I'm not going to. I I love that. I, I I now that I know it's your love language, I feel very uh I guess it would be more like a flattery where the imitation is the highest form. Sure, but I'm not trying to get anything from you. No, 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 no. Besides... Not flirtery, just flattery. Flirtery. Flirtery. <laughs> um yeah, okay. Wait, I want to ask you one of these other shit questions that I had when I was trying to Oh, well let me be clever. You, while you look it up, yeah, I'll on. finish that story. We got way sidetracked with theater. Oh, yeah. Wow. We were really deep into right? the, yeah, into the tangents. Keep going. So got on, did this theater thing as a kind of this other thing because I'm like, I'm comfortable theater. I'm going to do theater. But meanwhile, mm-hmm. I'm going to take these other classes called plants. And it was just tree identification for one day. Then the other day was how to like how plants work. Their flowers, their roots, their parts, their everything. So yeah. I ended up getting like top of the class in that. 
I was crushing it. But then I was getting like B's and C's in my theater classes. And I was oh, like, because uh, you because you were really bad at zip zap zap. I was just not good at it. And I didn't like doing it. Well, okay. I liked some of that. I liked the improv and I liked acting, but then I hated the The, the problem is other stuff. people didn't like your improv and your acting. Probably. Yeah. The audience hated what you were doing. <laughs> yeah, and the audience was my peers, so that hurt. Mm-hmm. But That's rough. at the end of the day, uh, I ended up transferring to Oregon State University doing a forestry degree mm-hmm. because I saw the writing on the wall. I was like, you know what? I am crushing it over here. I'm really enjoying this. I'm not so much enjoying that. And everyone says, if you're going to do theater, it better be the thing that is in your heart 100% because it's A, thankless. B, you have to work mm-hmm. really hard. And if there's yeah, it's something like heartworms. Else, it's mm-hmm. like heartworms. I, yeah, it's like heartworms. I've had it my whole life. Um, but it's not the kind like with dogs where you can give it a pill and it'll go away. I was going to say, that sounds crazy. Um, my heartworms is forever. Well, that's My theater crazy. heartworms. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, I, that needs to be something. Theater heartworms by Tobin. Theater heartworms are forever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I ended up switching over there and started mostly moving around. I ended up taking uh, a year to do an exchange in the East Coast, North Carolina, and in UMass. Learning about yep. all their trees along the way, and then got back, did a an arboriculture class, and then realized that I hated forestry because it was just straight. You are growing these trees to cut them down. It's an industry, kind of a, a, extraction based kind of stuff. Exactly. Sure. And then there was landscape architecture, which had way more. Like, side note. Side note. We are not shitting on forestry. We are just saying I'm, it's yeah, not for Casey. Just how I feel. Yeah. Yeah. So then we ended up uh, getting. I ended up taking an arboriculture class and found that it was like this perfect medium between traditional forestry where you're cutting down the trees to make your your product versus mm-hmm. growing the trees in a way that is not functional at all, which was landscape architecture. And sometimes it's just yeah. completely pointless and not focused on trees at all. So mm-hmm. arboriculture, urban forestry was like, let's manage these trees, know the science behind them to manage them correctly. But the management yep. is trying to keep them alive and get as big as possible. And I'm like, mm-hmm. yes, that's that's it. Great. That's perfect. So I yeah, ended up. You love a big tree. I just love a big tree. I love a big tree, and I love I a fantastic tree, like right in the middle of nowhere. You're walking through the city, and all of a sudden, mm. you're like, whoa, what the hell? Where'd that thing come from? Oh, it the just the beauty of isolated trees. Can we talk about it for a oh, minute? Absolutely, yeah. Oh my gosh! Uh, well, you did the saguaro cypress. Yeah. Is that what you were talking yeah. about? Well, not oh, not the God. not saguaro. There's a Sahara cypress. Oh, Sahara cypress. My yeah. Bad. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, I don't know anything about this tree, but there's like, how many are there? Like 150? I think 230 or 231. Something literally that close. Fewer Sahara cypresses than there are first folios of of Shakespeare left. (laughs) Yeah. What a pity. It is such a pity. And these trees Mm -hmm. are fascinating. Like they, they are like in the middle of nowhere, so much so that they have evolved a means of reproduction that is essentially just cloning themselves inside of another tree. It's it's insane. <laughs> like so they instead of uh instead of the uh the epiphyte parasite approach of a of a strangler fig, they're like, no I'm going in. It, oh, exactly. They send in their uh their pollen. The pollen goes into the ovum, but it does not fertilize. They they don't connect. It essentially says, hi, thank you. Uh, your nucleus can go away. It pushes the nucleus out and then just mm-hmm. puts itself back together and starts to split. And it clones itself inside the seed. Then that seed, which is the seed parents uh, doing, mm-hmm. goes out 
grows and is a 100% clone, like genetically the same tree as the pollen parent, which essentially is in the common vernacular, the male parent. So the male tree goes in and seeds itself or basically just uses the seed of the female tree to reproduce itself. And simply wild. But the thing is, these are also monoecious trees. So each one is a male and a female producer. So at the end of the day, every single tree is just using other trees uh, to clone themselves, but they're not actually interchanging any of their genetic material. Wouldn't it be more advantageous to just, um, uh, just like, just like sprout or, um, I mean, what's that called? Sucker oh, yeah. or just like, just do the Aspen approach. Like, can't they just evolve faster and do that? I would hope that they could. I don't know that these trees are ever going to evolve. They're like, they live for Get thousands of years together in the middle of nowhere. And they just haven't figured yeah. it out. Just, just grow a new branch, put it out, whatever. Yeah. There's just, there's just not a, a critical mass of, of tree brain power there to like yeah. figure out how to do now, it. If they only had 250, one of them would come yeah. up with that mm-hmm. idea. Oh, God, I can't believe we lost Adam. Adam knew how to do he, this shit. He had it all down. Oh, man. Adam had a had a, an MS in, uh, in bioengineering. <laughs> and uh, he got run over by a truck from a goat. Oh, no. Oh, that's right. So. That's right. Yeah, like trucks will hit him, right? Yeah, yeah. It'll be like news, local news. A truck will hit him and they'll be like, up oh, 230. Exactly. Yep. Yeah, that one's it's gone. 229. Yeah, because each yep. tree has its own name. They're like, oh, that's the tree by the flat rocks. Oh, that's oh, yeah. the tree that, with the two stems. Because there's mm-hmm. so few, you can recognize them as individuals, which is which is crazy. Look, I have that approach with the trees in my neighborhood anyway. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, I wonder how many I go you up. have named. Um, I don't really have any named, but I do mm-hmm. kind of have them. You know how you kind of think of trees as characters when you walk by yeah. them so much? Yeah. And you're just like, this particular tree has this particular energy. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be like necessarily what the species energy is. Like it's not going to be like tall and proud. and. Yeah perfect like a redwood like there's this one redwood that there's actually these three trees in a row um we have a real preponderance of shamel i don't know if it's shamel or shamel ash mm. in los angeles okay. and um uh it, there's an ash right next to a redwood which is right next to a i think chinese elm something like that like one of these really popular uh you know ornamentals here and the redwood and the ash have both been were both topped at some point very violently oh yeah so that they are each in the shape of a mushroom really they're 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 like another mushroom cloud yeah i know but it's like a four foot trunk and maybe a 22 foot high tree oh my god and and normally i'd be like a tree oh it's a real trout of a tree and i would i would say normally this would be a disaster but it is such dense foliage on the top that i'm like i think he's doing okay i think it's fine now you said this is uh you said a shemel ash Shamel ash, S H A M E L. I don't know actually how to use this book that I have, but I just. Is it the California one? This is. This is a Californian's yeah. Guide to the Trees Among yeah. Us, expanded and updated by Matt Ritter. I met, I met Matt Ritter um, a few weeks ago at a lecture that he was doing about the future of Los Angeles and California trees. Wow. That's a and rough talk. It's, it's a rough talk, but it was really, really awesome. I'm he sure. Just like, He's a, he seems like a fascinating guy. Aha, here we yeah, go. He's awesome. Ashes. Ash trees. Uh, I The reason I have this book is that um, mm-hmm. it's a book that I've actually wanted to have for a long time because uh, this is essentially what I want to do myself. Except oh, for sweet. only the Pacific Northwest and a little bit different. Honestly, he does not go into near as much detail 
probably mm-hmm. because he has three or four times as many trees that he would need to cover. I want to go yeah, into right, right, right. far more detail, but there's there's no uh, we don't have to deal with tropical things uh, up here. You know, oh, I know. Yes. God, that's so helpful. I know, I know. You're not a tropical guy. I'm not really a tropical guy either. I have a lot of admiration for people who, because those things are so difficult. Oh, yes. Yeah. They're, it's they're they're difficult. It's also just like, you know, I think it's it's much easier to have things cut and dried when it comes to like looking at a ring and knowing that that ring is gonna be a year. Yeah, um, right. It's just something nice. A tropical tree that's like I don't care. I'll put a ring. Like, maybe when, two this year. Whenever I feel like it. Four. Okay. Then. Oh, no rain. I'm going to just be chill. Just gonna, Please don't, don't cut me down to exploit my resources because of my dense wood. We know how uh, I love this like tropical tree that almost feels like uh, the guy hey, from what? Office Space. Oh, <laughs> Milton? Yeah. Yeah. He's a little bit like Stephen Root. Oh, Stephen Root. Look at that. Now that's a good one. That's a good one. Well, at the end of the day, uh, to, mm-hmm. to wrap up this, where'd my story go? I need, I have to make sure that we don't move on before I, I just say, took arboriculture, never looked back. Oh, I love that. Any other you. questions? Yeah. Then you got your, I forgot, you told me at the Tremies, um, the only award show for trees mm-hmm. in popular culture, hosted live April 22nd, uh, Earth Day this past year. Uh, will there be a third Tremies in a row? Nobody knows. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. Maybe. Um, now I have two kids, so I can barely wipe my own ass um, because I'm busy wiping theirs. But we will see uh, if a, there's anyway. What a good description. Well, that's just how it goes. And um, yeah. no, I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to make a joke about that. I have to make I'm setting the template on this podcast. And I'm like, OK, no, I'm not going to make no, jokes about that. I will not do that. Continue. No. Anyway, um, you uh, told me that. You're also a master. You have a master's as well yes. in, in arboriculture. You're a master arborist. Yeah, that's right. In fact, I have two, Those are two different yeah, things. Two but... different masters. Yeah, in that regard. Where, yes, I, I finished my graduate work at the University of Massachusetts after I got my forestry degree at Oregon State University. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And also realized then that I'm not a researcher. I'm an ideas guy, but I'm not a good original researcher i'm an right and and not good ideas either no my right? idea is yeah. piss poor i've had maybe Very one poor. that actually floated all the rest tanked yeah but now what is becoming a master arborist can you yeah. can you uh talk about that delineation between becoming an arborist and becoming a master arborist yeah 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 so it, there's kind of i the way i see arboriculture is there's like three different levels one you're a lowercase a arborist which means you work mm-hmm. with trees. You are just the person who goes out there. You do something, whether it's pruning or removal or climbing, walking under, assessing, you name it. Or you're an ideas guy. You're an ideas mm-hmm. guy. Yeah. There's also our, these people could work almost anywhere. And for a city, right. for a municipality or for a, mm-hmm. a, a line clearance company, something like that. And I believe the requirements are three years of work in trees or a tree-related field. See, that is the capital A arborist. In fact, that's the certified oh, arborist. I'm sorry. That's okay. This is that's the second level in my my kind of hierarchy, where okay. anyone who works at the tree can be a lowercase arborist. Anyone who then says I'm going to focus on this and make this more of a profession can become a certified arborist through the International Society of Arboriculture. And mm-hmm. I did that in 2012, actually, right after I graduated Oregon State University, because I worked as an intern for that uh, that organization, the Professional Society for Arborists. Yeah. And we ended up, um, so I ended up, you have to get three years of experience or two years plus a two-year degree 
or one year of experience plus a four-year degree. So I ended mm. up getting that one year plus four-year degree, uh, one-year experience plus four degree, four-year degree. Oh my God, too many years. And <laughs> uh, and then also I was working for them at the same time. So they uh, they were like, yeah, if you if you have the stuff, then we can just copy the 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 thing and oh. just send you right through. Oh, my God. oh, also, do you want any books? And I'm like. Yes. Oh my God, you're you're a nepo arborist. <laughs> oh, dude, they this gave me all the books. I am. Yeah, I I made wow. the requirements. They they're like we we can't just give you the certification because that's ridiculous. You still have to take the test and you still have to meet the requirements to take the test. But we'll give it to you for free. You don't have to pay for it. So that's great. It was spectacular. Then sure did my master's degree and did that mm-hmm. focused in the the benefits and uses of conifers in the urban landscape was what I focused on. Uh, yeah. So what are they? They are, in my opinion, uh, fantastic, and they oh, need to the be benefits used. are good. They're, they're That's very good. good. In fact, they're way better than what you'd get for any other kinds of trees most of the time because they're denser, they are tougher most of the time, and they are evergreen. So they will be doing their work all year round. And I compared that from Western Massachusetts, where I was going to school, to Portland, Oregon, where we get our water during the time when most of the trees that are on the east will have dropped all their leaves. So it's like, well, yes. what are you getting if you have canopy-dependent ecosystem services and you have no hmm. canopy or a very, very sparse canopy made up of sticks only? That was my Jesus Christ. Kind of my I never thought about that before. Yeah. Amazing. So out here, you know, someone's like, well, plant this red oak because it's going to be really good for, you know, rainwater. And I'm like, that's ridiculous. Yeah. We, we get no rain for the three months that that tree's going to have leaves. So mm-hmm. don't worry about it. Or whatever rain we do get, oh. it's going to be, you know, very small amount in the morning or something. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's what I did. And then I uh, went and did a consulting for a little bit and realized, oh, I can put these all to use and then worked uh, for the city of Portland for a couple of years and put them to use, but yep. on the other side of it, where I was kind of regulating people who thought they knew what they were talking about. And that was, yeah. that was really fun because I got to be like, yeah, you, you, you're, you got that wrong. And, and here's, yeah, here's exactly. why I used to do. You got to be a. Societally condoned dickishness yeah, that you got to exercise. Exactly, and then uh, you know you, you meet the kinds of or the parts of society that do not condone that. I'm like, ah, okay, mm-hmm. you are not happy with this. I understand. Wait, wait, wait! But to become a master arborist, you get your. It, oh, I mean, God, is that wait? Yeah. Is that something that you can combine with a degree too? Just like the becoming a capital A arborist in the first place. So actually, no. So the third level of arboriculture is that master arborist, which is they call it a BCMA, board certified master arborist. Is again through the mm-hmm. International Society of Arboriculture, and what they do is, or what that requirement is, is you have to have X amount of years of experience, and they give it to you by like this. It's kind of like point system where if you have a four-year degree, you get X amount of points. And if every year of work that you have of experience, you get X amount of points. You have to be a certified arborist for X amount of years before you can apply for the board certified. Then you have to pass this test. So it's it's like a, a much more complicated and broken down version of the certified arborist credential Got it. where mm-hmm. they split it into like science, practice, and knowledge or something like that. So you, whenever you're trying to get your continuing education credits, you have to go to all these different um, themed things because they're like, yeah, if you're going to be a master arborist, yes, you need to know how they work, how trees function, but you also need to know how they interact on a political level with other people and um, what are the tree laws, what are the very specific details about how to treat this tree for this disease 
what are your recommendations for something like this? And then on top of that, you have to understand how to do inventories and statistics for, you know, how do yeah. you assess an entire forest of trees in the urban area and all those different social economic factors. So it mm. was it was much more in depth where instead of everything being like, we're going to ask you a question about this topic, the board certified master arborist says, we're going to ask you 30 questions on this topic and then 30 questions on this topic and then on this topic. And they go through yep. a bunch yep. of stuff. So that, oh yeah, gosh. I had to, I got that in 2021. So almost, uh, almost exactly 10 years after I got the, my certified arborist. And that's just because it takes that long to gain the experience, gain the knowledge, and then be in a place where you can afford the the, the test because it's also uh, inexpensive. I think it's like a couple, couple hundred dollars just to take the test and you get, I think, one, two chances. One the first and then you can get one redo before that. Mm. And then after that, you have to try it again. Got it. And then the the fourth and highest level of uh, of, of arboriculture is, of course, um, having a podcast about it. Exactly. And that is... Which is... I'm. You get yeah. It. I mean, I'm so excited that I was able to skip levels two and three and go right to four. Honestly, it's really actually, and, I think uh, it speaks very highly. I would I would say you could probably get an honorary master arborist. If uh, if I had um, the power to give that, I would, just to be clear. Uh, I, I want to emphasize here that I did apply to take the um, certified arborist exam. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I, I uh, embellished my resume in the same way that you would for a regular job. Uh-huh. And I said something like, yes, uh, public education about trees uh, past three years. Uh-huh. Um, it's not three calendar years, but it did take place within three separate within years. those years. Yeah. And um, I put this all in a document where I felt like I really needed to spell it out and I submitted it. And they said, um, no, this doesn't count because you're an idiot. Uh, no. uh, like what? They wrote it right there. It says, I am an idiot. This is hard. This is hurtful. I was, I was like, I'm trying to. No, I was like, I'm trying to like uh i don't know i was like i'm trying to like reclaim my idiocy like i should be rewarded for yeah, that right i'm trying to better myself they, they said no yeah. trying to better myself um and so they said no and then i realized that like 70 percent of the exam is actually about like ropes yeah and <laughs> i would have to learn a lot about ropes yeah that's actually so. uh a big a big issue because there's some things that i don't really focus on like climbing and that kind of thing so it was very mm. much a yeah what's this not i'm like i I have no idea. This is bad. Hey, you you just said not right. I, um, is that is that right? Yes, because um, oh, that's absolutely correct. Because I have an idea for a reality show Ooh. or a game show. Um, this has nothing to do with trees. Okay. I mean, maybe it could. Maybe it could, well. we could incorporate some some arborists or something. But um, the idea is just two people on stage untying a really complicated knot as fast as possible. Oh, that's beautiful. We should also have them, the entire could, thing. Could they be having an argument or something like that. No, oh, just the knot. All right. I'll be right back. I, Are, I very quickly must go use the bathroom. Oh, okay. Use the bathroom, but also uh, we'll only be like a minute longer when you get back. Oh, so. okay. All right. I have returned, and I set my Shakespeare book right on to mm-hmm. my headphone uh, line. So when I stood mm-hmm. up, the Shakespeare mm-hmm. uh, ripped the headphones out of the jack. Oh, maybe that's also a metaphor. That's how like, enough technology. Thank you. Bring it back to the globe. I think that would be only men on stage. What? Huh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So, I mean, I think um, I didn't know what we were going to get into today, but I'm 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 glad we got into the into the minutia of shit. I think we did. Yeah, a little bit Certainly more than um, 
Certainly the theater aspects. Hopefully people can understand how much uh, trees control our lives without us having any say in it. Oh, yeah. It's and, um, very obvious. It's sad uh, and obvious. But um, also, <laughs> I don't think we it's are good that friends. Sad. It's not that sad. It's actually brought a lot of joy and fulfillment to my life. Yeah, me too. But I do realize now that um, it is a discipline on occasion. Like sometimes you can, um, yeah. you can totally be sick of thinking about it because the, at the same time that they're everywhere and they can cheer you up, they're also everywhere. Yeah, right. And if you're sick of it, and you're like, that's a bummer. I just need to go to the desert for a little while. Just need to go to the bathroom, and there's some fucking Frank Linnea <laughs> watching you. Oh, uh, I just we we just talked about Probably Frank Linnea. What yesterday? Is when it came out. I could tell it was really great. You guys were really searching for things to like about that plant. Yeah, honestly, <laughs> yeah. I it's is when I the further I look into it, the further I'm like, I don't know if I should really call this a tree. In fact, I might have to. Yeah, that's one of my favorite things. I might have to completely take a tree. Uh, like I think with this book that I'm writing, uh, mm-hmm. I get to decide what I'm going to keep in there, what I'm not going to keep in there, and I'm deci- yes, that's how it goes. I, it's, it's I've never had this power before, yet I mm-hmm. think I'm going to exclude the. Uh, the staghorn sumac. I think I've decided I'm not going to call that a tree, even though you heard it here first, folks. Yeah, all the staghorn sumac will not be part it's, of Casey's. I'm going to mention it, and then I'm going to say it's not a tree, and we're we just need to accept that, even though I have it as the tree subject on one episode of Completely Arbitrary. So I feel like I don't know what to do, like. As you know, tree, the definition of tree is a fungible and interpretable mm-hmm. term. It is. Um, it tells you much more about the person giving the definition than it does anything else about biology. 100%. So, Thank you, Tobin. I'm happy you said that. I should. Hey, so I no think problem. I'll say that. Yeah. Casey Clapp, the podcast host. Yeah, it's definitely a tree. Casey Clapp, the book writer. No, get out of here. You're not a tree. I think that's very hmm. fair. Sounds like you understand content pretty well, my friend. Different different media. Medium, I suppose. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah different medium. Yeah. Appreciate this. Well, um, you are my friend. It's been really lovely watching our friendship blossom for the past two and a half years. You're very much the same. You're my only um, internet friend. Ah, you're my only... Uh, I have a few internet friends now. Mm-hmm. I don't mean to brag. No, but you, I that's have right. Maybe you're, four. You're far more uh, internet, internet-ish than I am. Isn't that sad? I don't think so. No, um, clearly, clearly not. Look at you. Oh no, I really need to get off the internet. I don't like it. <laughs> I guess uh, yeah, you um, did say that you uh, you stopped making videos, so that's fair. Oh, well, I just don't have the like, like all of my cunning and all of my creativity and all of my energy goes into like making my child spit out a piece of floss that she's put in her mouth and she will not spit out. And I'm like, how can I? What am I going to do? Yeah, tree, no. At the end of tree content doesn't really uh, apply to that very well. At the end of the day, I feel like I've been hit in the face by a staghorn sumac. <laughs> Not oh a my tree. gosh! Mm-hmm. Well, but uh, Casey, I love you. I'm so happy that we're uh, we're friends in trees together. Me too. And um, love you back. Great, and uh, thank you so much for being my first guest and willing to give this a go before it's all you know, uh, before it's really huge and oh, uh, before it kind of redefines the way that we think about nature in our lives and connecting and changing as human beings yeah my pleasure thank you for having me it was an exciting thing when you told me that you're starting one and then you asked me to do it and i was like well there's just no way i can say no i'd love to be involved so i appreciate yeah. uh, appreciate to be on here as the the i guess inaugural is the term rather than i was thinking ultimate and that's not the that's the wrong i don't want to be both i just want to be the first yeah it's absolutely not ultimate that would be 
last and then <laughs> yeah, penultimate. Okay, okay. So and I was like, inaugural. Inaugural. So yeah. you know what I love about you? You really love Latin. I do. I like, really, I like Latin. I do. I should. I know you don't. I, I don't think you speak any Latin, but you really admire it. I do. I really. Yeah. I like Latin. And I like when people tell me this is this is what that means, and then that's that's it. Stop there. I don't want to know any of the conjunctions or the verbs or the conjugations. Just just tell me that fact, and then I'll leave. Yeah. I mean, we really like easy answers, and we don't like thinking about things. Precisely. Which is why you're here. <laughs> cool. All right, babe. You have well, a great time in that closet. You have a good I one. I hope no more blankets fall on you right. as you try to escape. Great. Okay. Bye, Case. Bye, Taylor. Love Casey. Don't you guys love Casey? Casey's the best. Sorry for all of that weird equipment falling down around me. My setup is slightly better now. It still teeters on the brink of disaster at any given moment, but it's not, um... I wouldn't say it's... If you're familiar with the Doomsday Clock uh, from the Bulletin of Atomic Scientists, where the arm gets closer and closer and closer to zero, the closer the world is to nuclear apocalypse. Uh, sorry to bring it there, but I just want to really complete this metaphor. It was at two minutes to midnight. I think I brought it back to like six or seven minutes to midnight. So all good there. Have a great week, folks. Please do subscribe and rate and review this podcast. Tell all of your tree friends and I will see you Thursday for the weird stuff. Have a good one. Bye.